Leo and a big welcome back to The Sound Museum, the music podcast that explores that personal connection we all have with the music that we listen to. As always, thank you so much for supporting last week's episode on the podcast, getting Aussie music back on the charts. Now, it was such an important episode and I'm so pleased that everyone enjoyed it. And thank you so much for the love on social media. Just to remind you, every week I will be updating the playlist on Spotify and YouTube by adding more local content to the playlist. So as more singles get released this year from Australian acts, they will go on to our playlist and it's up to you to make sure that you continue to listen and stream those playlists on Spotify and YouTube. And let's get Aussie music back into the Aria charts. So a few weeks ago, we lost an absolute legend, one of my favourite vocalists, the late Tina Turner. She passed away in her home in Switzerland on the 24th of May. And at the time, I was debating whether to do a tribute and get it out quickly. But I thought, no, let's just hang back a bit, do some research, devour her back catalogue, relive those videos on YouTube, watch the documentaries and the What's Love Got to Do With It movie, and just remember what an absolute legend Tina Turner was. So for this podcast episode, I will be deep diving into her comeback album, Private Dancer, one of my favourite albums. And I remember back in the 80s, getting this on vinyl, I think from my aunt, my auntie Joan always got me an album for Christmas or my birthday. And I'm pretty sure Private Dancer from Tina Turner was given to me by my fabulous auntie Joan. So before we get started on this week's podcast episode, deep diving into the album Private Dancer, let's just relive some of Tina's history up until that point when she released Private Dancer in 1984. Now, Tina was born as Anna Mae Bullock on the 26th of November, 1939, in Brownsville, Tennessee, in the US. Like all the divas, she began singing in church at the Nutbushes Spring Hill Baptist Church. Tina met her future husband, Ike Turner, when she heard him play at a nightclub in St. Louis called Manhattan Club. And Tina began singing with his band in 1957. Now, apparently, Ike named her Tina because it rhymed with Sheena, as he was inspired by the comic book Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Back in the day, Ike actually trademarked the name Tina Turner, so if she ever left him, like previous singers had, he could replace her with another Tina Turner. Sneaky, but I guess a bit of a smart move on Ike's part. The first single released under Ike and Tina Turner was A Fall in Love in July 1960. That reached number 27 on the US Hot 100. Further success followed in 1961 when they released It's Gonna Work Out Fine, which reached number 14 in the charts. But it wasn't until 1966 that further success for the duo followed when they released the now iconic track River Deep Mountain High. Even though it only reached number 88 in the US, it charted well throughout Europe, including number 3 in the UK. When I was doing the research on Ike and Tina Turner, I was blown away by the output of music they did back in the day. From 1960 to 1980, there were 20 albums released, 8 live albums, 
and 70 singles. That is pretty much one album a year, which back in the day was quite common, but these days does not happen at all. After years of abuse from her husband, Ike Turner, Tina filed for divorce on the 27th of July, 1976, and that was finalized on the 29th of March, 1978. And if you watch that iconic movie, What's Love Got To Do With It? She does say in court, I just want my name. And that name was the secret to her success going forward. In 1979, she met her Aussie manager, Roger Davies, and began plotting her big comeback. In 1983, a and man John Carter signed Tina to the label Capitol Records. This was despite reservations by the label at the time. The album Private Dancer was recorded in England over a two-week period in 1983. Now, two weeks is a really quick turnaround to record an album, but due to the success of the first single, they really wanted an album out there to capitalise on Tina's success. The album Private Dancer was Tina's fifth solo album, released on the 29th of May, 1984. The album had a really good mix of rock, pop, R&B and jazz, and the public absolutely loved it. Private Dancer became Tina's highest selling album, reaching number one in Canada and Austria, number two in New Zealand and the UK, number three in the US, number seven here in Australia, and top ten right across Europe. The album went on to sell over 5 million copies in the US and over 12 million copies worldwide. It also won four Grammy Awards in 1985. So let's start our deep dive into the album Private Dancer by highlighting the singles, album tracks, B-sides, live tracks and remixes. Let's start at the beginning with the first single from the album, Let's Stay Together. One of my favourite tracks from Tina, adore this track, a cover of the 1971 track from Al Green, at the time reaching number one in the US. Now this track was produced by Martin Weir from UK 80s new wave synth pop band Heaven 17. Heaven 17 frontman Glenn Gregory can be heard on backing vocals on the track. Let's Stay Together was released in November 1983 in the UK and January 1984 in the US. The extended version of the track appears on the album with a shorter mix released on the single. Let's Stay Together reached number 4 in New Zealand, number 6 in the UK, 19 here in Australia and 26 in the US. It was also top 10 in Belgium and the Netherlands and reached number one on the US Dance Club Songs chart. Moving on to single number two. Such an iconic track, 
and an amazing vocal from Tina Turner, a cover of the 1965 Beatles classic. Interestingly, Tina first recorded the song in LA with vocal producer Richard Perry in 1981, but it wasn't released. Another interesting fact on the single Help, it wasn't included on the US album. The track was only included on the international release. And like the first single, Let's Stay Together, the full-length version appears on the album with a shorter radio edit on the single. Moving on to the song, which changed everything. When you talk about iconic tracks, that is definitely one of them. What's Love Got To Do With It? Now, this track was written by Scottish songwriter Graham Lyle and English-Australian singer, songwriter and producer Terry Britton. Terry has written songs for the likes of Cliff Richard, Olivia Newton-John and Diana Ross, so Tina was in fine company. A fact about this track, it was actually offered to Cliff Richard, who turned the track down, and apparently Donna Summer had the song for a few years, but never recorded it. Just before it got offered to Tina, UK band Bucks Fizz recorded it, and here is that version. Really weird to hear that version by Bucks Fizz. That was released back in May 1984, ahead of the album's release. What's Love Got To Do With It was number one in the US for three weeks, becoming Tina's first US hit since the early 70s. Now this is why Tina is such an icon and a legend. At the time, Tina was 44 years old and became the oldest person to hit the top spot in the US until Cher broke that record with Believe in 1999. Now surprisingly, What's Love Got To Do With It became Tina's only number one single in the US. What were you guys thinking? But it did sell over 1 million copies. The track also reached number one in Australia and Canada, number two in South Africa, number three in New Zealand and the UK. And no surprise, it was a top 10 hit right across Europe. Now moving on to the video, there were two videos shot for the single. The first one was shot in LA, filmed in black and white, but Tina wasn't really happy with that one, so another video was shot in New York. And this is a video we all know, that iconic video with Tina dressed in that black mini skirt and that jeans jacket. What's Love Got To Do With It received three Grammy Awards for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, It also won the MTV VMA for Best Female Video. In 2012, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. 
1996, the song was sampled on the Wong G and Adina Howard track, What's Love Got To Do With It, becoming another worldwide hit, including number one in New Zealand, number two in Australia and the UK. And most recently, in 2020, Norwegian DJ and producer Kygo remixed the track, and this was Tina's last release, becoming a huge dance floor hit all over the world. Let's move on to single number four. Another one of my favourite tracks from this album, Better Be Good To Me, written by Aussie songwriter and producer Michael Chapman, with US songwriter and singer Holly Knight, and English-American songwriter Nikki Chin. Another fun fact for you, Michael and Holly also went on to write the huge hit for Pat Benatar, and back in 1981, Michael Chapman and Nikki Chin wrote the iconic track Mickey for Tony Basil. Now, did you know that Better Be Good To Me was actually a cover? It was first released back in 1981 by UK band Spider, where one of the writers, Holly Knight, played keyboard. That version was produced by English songwriter and producer Rupert Hine, who had also worked with the likes of Howard Jones, Thompson Twins, and Sir Bob Geldof. Let's check out that original track now. That was the original version of Better Be Good To Me. Tina's version reached number 5 in the US and number 6 in Canada. It also won the Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance in 1985. The singles just kept coming from this amazing album and here is one beautiful track. One of my absolute favourites from Tina Turner, Private Dancer, written by Dire Straits frontman Mark Knopfler. This track was actually intended for their 1982 album Love Over Gold, but Mark realised it wasn't suitable for a male singer. I agree with that one. The track was also recorded with most of the band members from Dire Straits, apart from Mark. The track reached number 5 in New Zealand and Belgium, number 7 in the US, but only reached number 21 in Australia and 26 in the UK. Again, I've got no idea why. Dreadful chart positions for such an iconic track. Now you have to watch the stunning video on YouTube directed by famed film and music video director Brian Grant who also done physical for Olivia Newton-John. She works hard for her money for Donna Summer and Whitney's How Will I Know and I Wanna Dance With Somebody and so many others. An amazing director. Another fun fact on Private Dancer. In the UK, the lyrics American Express would do nicely thank you were replaced with 
a few pounds sterling will do nicely thank you this was used for airplay only as company advertising wasn't allowed in the uk during songs on the radio here is single number six i can't stand the rain against my window bringing back sweet memories i can't stand the rain against my Another great single from the album Private Dancer that is I Can't Stand the Rain. Originally recorded and released in 1973 by singer Anne Peebles. It was covered again in 1978 by UK disco R&B and soul band Eruption. Now this track was only released in Europe, hitting number 6 in Austria and number 9 in Germany. This was the European market's last single from the album. So let's move on to the last single for the US and Canada market. That is Show Some Respect, co-written and produced by Terry Bushin, especially for Tina. Now, as I mentioned before, this was not released in Europe, but only in the US, Canada, and New Zealand. Show Some Respect reached number 37 in the US, number 42 in Canada, and number 41 in New Zealand. Now, with so many singles released from the album Private Dancer, there are only three tracks on the album that weren't released as singles. So let's go through those three album tracks now. The first track, I Might Have Been Queen, written especially for Tina by Terry Bushin. This track is fierce. Tina rocks it out. Love this one. Also on the album was a track, Steel Claw. And the final album track from Private Dancer is 1984, a cover of a David Bowie track from his 1974 album Diamond Dogs, which was only released back in the day as a single in the US and Japan. So let's move on to B-sides. Now, back in April, I did a special podcast episode on celebrating the B-side. Of course, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, B-sides were a common thing. Love a good B-side. And if you missed the episode, make sure you check it out on your favorite podcast provider. But on the Private Dancer album, Tina had quite a few B-sides on the singles. Let's start with a B-side recorded in 1982, prior to her working on the Private Dancer album. Ball of Confusion was recorded by BEF, British Electronic Foundation, a band and production company formed by former Human League members Martin Weir and Ian Marsh, who went on to form Heaven 17. Other B-sides from the album include I Write a Letter, a B-side for Let's Stay Together, Rock and Roll Window was a B-side on the US single for What's Love Got To Do With It. In the UK, they got another B-side called Don't Rush The Good. The B-side for Better Be Good To Me was When I Was Young. And on Private Dancer, we got Keep Your Hands Off My Baby. And all these tracks were produced by John Carter during sessions in 1982. Another B-side on the Private Dancer single was the live version of Nutbush City Limits. 
And on the single I Can't Stand the Rain was the live version of Let's Pretend We're Married. Now, this was a cover from the 1983 Prince album, 1999. That was the final single released from his album and reached number 52 in the US. Let's move on to the extended 12-inch remixes. There were four 12-inch mixes from the album Private Dancer. What's Love Got to Do With It? Better Be Good To Me. I Can't Stand the Rain and Show Some Respect. Also around the Private Dancer era were a couple of live tracks, two duets by two amazing artists. The first one, David Bowie. That was Tina Turner and David Bowie tonight, co-written with Iggy Pop and appeared on David's 1977 album, Lust for Life. It later appeared on David's 1984 album, Tonight. That version was recorded live in March 1985 in Birmingham in the UK. It was also released on the live album, Tina Live in Europe in 1988. It was also released as a single to promote the album and it reached number one in the Netherlands. Another live duet from the private dancer era was with Brian Adams. Tina and Brian together, It's Only Love, taken from Brian's fourth album, 1984's Reckless. This was single number six to be released from the album in October 1985, reaching number 15 in the US and number 14 in Brian's native Canada. I absolutely love this track. Brian and Tina's vocals together are so good. And Brian reflects on working with Tina, and I quote, Working with Tina Turner was amazing. I used to go and see her in the clubs when I was in my late teens, early 20s, before she hit the big time. It was incredible to watch her. It was such a privilege to have sung with her, especially since I was only 24 at the time. And of course, we can't go past by not mentioning that Tina was in an Aussie movie at the time called Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and she provided two tracks for the soundtrack, including this monster hit. We don't need another hero. I love that track. We Don't Need Another Hero, recorded in the UK in December 1984 and released in July 1985. That was the first single from the soundtrack Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Of course, the movie is starring Mel Gibson and shot in Australia after her Private Dancer album. Now, the video for the single was directed by the film's director, George Miller. It was a huge worldwide hit, hitting number one in Australia, Canada, Germany, Spain, and Switzerland, number two in New Zealand, and number three in the UK and US. The second single from the soundtrack, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, was... 
one of the living written by Holly Knight who would go on to write Tina's single The Best also produced by Mark Chapman. This was top 10 in many European countries including number 15 in the US. It also won a Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance in 1986. Wow, so much content, so many singles, such an amazing album, Private Dancer from Tina Turner, love that album, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode where we deep dived into the iconic album from Tina Turner, Private Dancer, make sure you check out the 2015 30th anniversary reissue of the album Private Dancer, it not only has the whole album, it also has all the B-sides, the live tracks, 12-inch mixes, and the two singles from the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome soundtrack. So check that out on your favorite streaming service. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite streaming service so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you use Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave me a lovely review. And on Spotify, you can also leave a star rating. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. I upload videos every week, so make sure you subscribe and check those videos out. Now, on next week's podcast episode, our love for Tina Turner continues. We celebrate some of Tina's iconic singles and some of your favorite singles as well. So don't miss the episode next week on the podcast. Until then, you have a great week. Take care and I will see you next week.